to Between the Laughs, the podcast that carefully irrigates the comedy rectum before carelessly releasing a torrent of shit. I'm Rob Cohen, and I'm joined in this colonic exploration, as always, by Mike Techman in Brighton and Paul Brunger here in Manchester. <laughs> Each episode, one of us picks a comedy, we all watch it, then we compare it to Seinfeld every time. How are you both? I'm all right, thanks, yeah, Rob. Good, thanks, Rob. Long time no speak. Not so bad. What have you been watching in the month since we uh, watched Mrs. Brown's Boys? Uh, we are in the best tradition in the... Uh, the Brunner household of treating television like a to-do list rather than a fun experience you enjoy. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we have <laughs> we've started watching uh, the fourth series of Peaky Blinders. Um, it's... I mean, it's all right. Um very good. I've been I've been watching uh, Friday Night Dinner, which I know it's been around for a long time, and I, I watched it years ago, and didn't get even to the end of season one. I didn't not like it. I just kind of felt like it was something that you kind of dip into. Maybe if it was on, you know, maybe if I watched it as it was on once a week on a Friday night, presumably, then I probably would have enjoyed it more. But it's, I, I just didn't feel like it was um, bingeable. But I've been watching that. I'm, I'm into about halfway through season two now. What is it? It's. Um, it's the the nerdy one from the Inbetweeners, Tom Rosenthal, who is Jim Rosenthal's son. Yeah. Um, the guy who played um, the bad guy in Chernobyl recently. Not seen. Right. And uh, ta- uh, what's she called? Tamsin Grieg. Oh yeah. yeah. From Green Wing, Wing etc. So, uh, and also, oh, and what's the, who's the weird guy from the Green Wing? Mark Heap. Mark Heap, he's in it as well. Oh, it'll be good yeah. then. So it is. It's, it's a great cast. I, I I do enjoy it. I just feel like uh, obviously every episode is set on a Friday night. It's a Jewish family, and and they gather together on a Friday night for dinner together, and hijinks and japes occur. Is this it's, realistic from your experience, Mike? Uh, no. Wow. I, unless I'm not being invited, I might not be being invited. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, Wait, what? What do you mean Friday night dinner? Huh? <laughs> no, I know a lot do. I know a lot do. Um, um, but yeah, so they have, the, they have these dinners. But but I think uh, what I found it a little bit tiresome is that the uh, the two teenage or the two adult sons who are just constantly doing uh, pranks on each other. I just find that a bit tiresome now. Yeah, I know what you mean. But that's just me. Young people having fun. Yeah, well, well yeah. That, so the, the, those are they're kind of in their mid twenties, and they still, they go home to their kind of North North London parents once a week. Dad always inexplicably has his shirt off. He's got hearing issues, which causes some comedy moments. Um, and the next door neighbour, Mark Keep, is is weird and has a dog that shits everywhere. I remember watching it and thinking it was okay. Um, yeah. Uh, when it sort of first came out, I think um, it was sort of relatively hot on the back of the Inbetweeners. Um, yeah, that's right. Which it is not because the Inbetweeners is you know obviously genius uh, and it's it's good, but like, I, I remember it and it's it's quite different to the Inbetweeners as well. But I I, I I know what you mean that the relationship between the two adult sons I did find a bit tiresome after a while. I I can't like I can imagine I think maybe this is the joke, but. They're acting like ten-year-olds. Yeah, all they, the time. They, they it's, it's exhausting. 
that they played by Will from the Inbetweeners and Jim Rodenthal's song. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right okay. Yeah, I, I I felt there wasn't much. Um, I always felt there was there wasn't much truth in it. Do you know what I mean? In that sort of relationship, I just don't. I I mean, I I don't have a, an adult brother, but I don't. It doesn't. It didn't strike me as a as a as particularly real. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. No, absolutely. I do, and it's not. They're not playing frankly. Yeah, no. So that uh, bucket of water of the door when I came in was <laughs> just helping each other. I mean, just like, my benefit. Like, there's a lot of squirty cream involved. It's not, it's, 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 it is what it is. But it, once again, I suspect I'm going to stop watching it now halfway through season two. I'm going to go on holiday tomorrow and then I'm going to not watch it again for maybe another year or two and then I might finish this season. It's not it's not great, but it's it's uh, if you're stuck on a... He's stuck for something to watch on, on Netflix or on more for. I mean, these days, that is a ludicrous concept, isn't it? The idea that <laughs> people would be stuck for something to watch. Yeah, true. <laughs> Anyone yeah. who has access to one streaming service, and bear in mind you can get free trials of all of them. Yeah. No one's, if you're if you're stuck for something to watch, have, have a look at yourself, sort your life out. Anyway, we've got, <laughs> a, we've got a great comedy, in my opinion, that we're going to have a look at today. Um, so uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes leave us a review uh, we will uh, read out any particularly good reviews positive reviews certainly <laughs> ideally funny ones if you can um, be positive and funny so if you can you know make a joke that makes us look great uh, yeah like oh but, but not don't make it too funny because then it'll be better than the jokes on this yes exactly yeah. although we, we are very clear that we don't promise jokes on this no, it is a comedy book club without books or comedy. It's, yes, uh, it's you know, it's it's joke adjacent. It's a joke adjacent podcast rather than actually, <laughs> yeah, joke like centered. You, like you're, you're sitting next to the funny person in the pub. Yeah, Which exactly. Is a great idea for a podcast, isn't it? Maybe we should do an art one where we look at a good painting. <laughs> yeah, describe it. <laughs> I like this painting. Um, don't don't forget, know why. <laughs> don't forget, we also do social media. Uh, so you can get in touch with us on Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram at Between, between Laughs. I'm not really sure what you will find from us on our Instagram, but there you go, <laughs> at Between Laughs. Have a look. And Facebook.com <laughs> slash Between the Laughs. Or you can email us at Between the Laughs at gmail.com. Please do, because the only things I get are notifications that my subscription to Podbean are expiring. Uh, so it would be nice to get some real emails in that inbox, please. As I'm nominally in charge of proceedings here, I've chosen uh, the comedy that we were to watch for this one. We've all done our homework this time. Mike is not live watching along. I believe he watched it up to and over an hour ago. He did his homework. I did, yeah. Um, I have chosen Northern Irish comedy Derry Girls. It's got a 96% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a BAFTA nomination, and the Radio Times Comedy Champion Award, beating Inside Number 9, no less. In fact, that's how I first heard of it when it was doing the, the Radio Times Comedy Champion Awards last year. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's hugely popular, it, although it doesn't seem to have won as many awards as Mrs. Brown's Boys, so make of that what you will. Um, Paul and Mike, what did you think? Mike, you go first. Um, I liked it. I thought uh, I thought that... Um... <laughs> just stop there, just stop there. <laughs> That's enough, Three you know, steps. it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, no, I... So, some things I liked about it. Uh, I thought the setting was pretty interesting. I thought it was... I like I like the idea of uh, having that kind of uh, teen, kind of coming-of-agey sort of sitcom set 
adjacent to such a horrendous uh, piece of history is you know very uh, it's very appealing to me that's a that's a that ticks my boxes of morbidity and also coming of age sitcoms so it's, it's I really liked that I thought I think the the jokes are pretty strong I think the characters are pretty good um, a couple of the actresses do do my head in uh, <laughs> I also love teen comedy like you know uh, a school a school based comedy where all of the actresses all the actresses and actors uh, actor sorry there's only one uh, there's only one young lad in the school um, I think we could just call them actors in the 21st century anyway oh, do we not gender that <laughs> word anymore I, I don't believe so no oh, I can't believe I just got bloody uh, I just got PC'd on our, on our, <laughs> on our podcast you're supposed to be the the young, yeah. young Brighton resident I'm meant to be yeah, the woke problematic one I was people. woke spice yeah. okay all <laughs> of the actors <laughs> yeah, uh, I uh, I love I love uh, I love a show where all of the actors are clearly 15, 20 years older than the the characters yes. they're meant to be playing. Um, yeah, yeah, they're all about our age. But yeah, no, I, th- I think it, I think it's a I think it's a good show. I think it's um I think it's really well written, and I think it's uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to be continuing to watch it because I, I do I did really enjoy it. Um, I particularly Great. I particularly particularly like the relationship between. Um, the brunette curly-haired girl and her English cousin who has been forced to go to an all-girls school. Yes. In <laughs> because I believe, went, I believe because they the, all thought... <laughs> uh, the names of those characters are Michelle and That Prick. That Prick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that wee Englishman, as the as the the, uh, <laughs> the voiceover, the school tannoy lady says. Um, I, I, I do think yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a great... Um, I don't know, just a little touch. I'm yeah. not sure what the thinking was for putting him in, but it, it really it really works just having him there to be the butt of their jokes quite often. It's so good. Um, it, it really gives them that room to just be absolutely brutal to someone. Uh, yes. have you, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you got to the episode, the particularly great episode, which might be in season two, actually, which is where they go to... Um, they do an exchange visit sort of thing with the Protestant boys' school. Oh, Weekend. Wait, it's an excellent episode anyway uh, and in that episode he's really excited because he's going to be hanging out with some lads for the first time and they're like well why would you want to hang out with some lads and he says because I am one <laughs> and they all start laughing and then he's desperately trying to be the, what, the, this idea of like this Essex boy lad all weekend and it's, <laughs> it's comedy gold yeah you know, it's, it's a very funny concept it really sort of like gives them gives them room to sort of because I think sometimes if you want to have a really savage person in a friendship group in a, in a sitcom it, it can become a little bit um, hard to believe, uh, particularly in a sort of like very character-led, story-led kind of sitcom like this, where you you're like, well, why would they all be friends with her if if she was so mean? But you know, he has to be there because he's her cousin and he's been dropped, just left there by his mum. So <laughs> they can just. <laughs> Continually humiliate and 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 have a, make him feel awful uh, <laughs> with with no real end to that in sight. What do you think, Paul? Uh, yeah, I really enjoy this. I think uh, I don't even think it's relying on the the thing we talked about last month, where anything I will assume is better if it is spoken in Irish accent. <laughs> uh, I think genuinely. <laughs> For me, the thing that it most reminded me of was the Inbetweeners, yeah, which I yeah. love. So it yeah. definitely had a real feel of, you know, despite the, the 
whatever age the actors may or may not be, they have got that dynamic of being reasonably horrible to each other mm. and all, all being school kids and whatever else. And I mean, I even thought uh, the main the main four characters at times map closely onto the characters from the uh, the in-betweeners even. Yeah. Because you've got you've got Orla, who is sort of a bit weird, a bit thick. He's the, the tall he's, one, he's isn't the he? Neil. Neil. Yeah, exactly. You have got the yeah. the person who thinks they are by far the coolest one, which is Jay or, or Michelle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then the other one is, is probably slightly less clear, but you've kind of got the... A name escapes me, but the the shorter girl who is sort of the goody goody yeah. one, yeah, is horrified Will, every it? time they want to do something. Yeah, that's Will, uh, and even to the extent that the the nun who are really find the nun yeah. very very funny yes. in this. Greg um, Davies is a nun. But yes. Davies is a Greg yeah. Davies. Yeah, yeah. So, this yeah. is. I wrote that in my notes. I wrote like the in betweeners, but girls and set in the troubles. Yes, yeah. yes. which is it's a very solid phrase. But, but, but I mean, my, my, I would say better than the in betweeners. I, I enjoy it more mm. than the in betweeners. I think. I think oh, the in betweeners is better. I, mean, I really do love the in betweeners. The what the one thing that sort of slightly threw me at times about this is. That it's very clear why they're all friends in the Inbetweeners because mm. they are not yeah. cool enough to be friends. Even the one who is the yeah. cool one yeah. is not cool enough yeah, to be friends it's, with people. It's deluded. Whereas you look at Michelle in Derry Girls and you look at the shorter the sh- the short one, one whose name I can't remember uh, yeah. and you kind of think all right, they aren't the two best friends in the group, but why would he, they even be in the same group of friends? Because yeah. I don't, I, they, they, there's, there's something slightly more so than in between us. There's something slightly strange that this group of people are together at times. Yeah, although that... There's a couple of familial relationships, but then yeah. the other two, um, I found that a little bit odder. Not that it makes it any less funny, but yeah. it was very, very it's funny, very but I did find that was a bit strange. Coming back again to... We always talk about your first reaction to Always Sunny, where you, you know, you've got four characters that you can't really tell the difference between well I didn't struggle with this no. uh, well, if I think back Absolutely. to when I first started watching it really quickly I knew who these four teenage girls were what the differences between their characters were mm. and and even fairly quickly uh, with me paying probably not full attention uh, whose family was who and yeah, how they all yeah. interacted as Absolutely. well Absolutely. I, I think no, that- it's completely true I think that opens opening's incredibly strong as well with uh, the sort of the, the the kind of ditzy vacant one reading aloud her cousin's diary. Uh, yes, I thought yeah, that was brilliant. very strong, and it really sort of like set the tone lovely. And I like you know that the diary ends up being taken off, and that that sort of uh, that like that that vista of um, you know. The boy who's everybody has refused to let use a, a loo all day, peeing in a bin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One girl playing with the dead nun's face, another girl yeah. jumping out the window. One girl robbing the nun's handbag for the lipstick that she confiscated. That's a very in between us peep show style of um, yeah. Yeah, the farce has built up, but it's all been released at this point yeah. where it looks it but, looks more ridiculous than everything could ever really look, but it's yeah. completely reasonable. That yeah, yeah. The, 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 the path the, that they've taken to get there is fine. Yeah, yeah. but the in-betweeners would have ended on that shot, uh, whereas yeah. this didn't. It kind of went <laughs> in, they, got, they took them to the nun's office and they brought their families in, and their families are all hilarious as well, um, which I thought yeah. was, yeah. 
I, I really yeah it was cool I, I really I liked that it's sort of presenting in the same way that the in-betweeners is very relatable for me as a um, you know suburban sixth form student this is this has got that relatableness but it's also showing a, something, showing something totally different you know a, a, yeah. a girl's school during the tough troubles and kind of you get to see how things are, are similar and how things are different and I, I like that that sort of different perspective um, being shown there so I, I think it's really cool I I really liked the the setting actually because mm. um, you know very little of the show is directly about the troubles yeah. but that backdrop's weaving through it the whole time you've got really mundane things like traffic jams and yeah, bus delays and things like that because of because of bomb threats you've got they actually use it to affect in the comedy plot lines like I said the, the episode with the, the Protestant boys school is brilliant and there's a there's a fantastic scene in that episode where they're having a brainstorming session where they have to decide you know the idea being they have to come up with all the things that they have in common and all they can do is list differences between Catholics and Protestants <laughs> you know and then and actually I think towards the end of season two you get the IRA ceasefire and President Clinton's visit so that you know that it's weaving through the plot but it's not about the trolls it's just it's just that's just the situation and it's, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. sit and not the calm but yeah, yeah. And you, there, you could remove that entirely you could have yeah. this set in work. a girls school in Belfast now or sorry Londonderry now or you could set it in, in Manchester now yeah. and it would still work the jokes would work the characters are all strong the plots are strong mm. but it's better for what for where it's being set it just it just adds something it's more to distinctive it. I think and yeah. also the the Big advantage for me of it being set where and when it's set versus it being set in the here and now is I would say, Rob, you and I are exactly the right age for this in terms of the 90s soundtrack, which is yeah. phenomenal. It, yeah. remi- it reminds me a lot of watching a little bit The In Between Us, which also had yeah. very real, popular songs of the era as the, as the soundtrack, but also going back to Daria which I used to love oh, Daria, uh, as a teenager, where they'd genuinely licensed you know, song two by Blur yeah. or whatever, and all this stuff will be in there. And you're like, oh, I'm so much more into this because it's it's my music. It's what yeah. I like. And, it's, you know. it's exactly it's the first thing I wrote down was it's zeitgeisty. It's, it's got an excellent early to mid-90s soundtrack, lots yeah. of cranberries, which <laughs> yes. I completely approve of. Uh, obviously, cranberries, Northern, uh, an Irish band that did songs about the troubles. troubles. Yeah. Um, for, I've, I've written best sitcom soundtrack since Teachers. Ooh. I haven't seen Teachers, but I would agree anyway. I love Te- teachers. teachers had a lot of feeder. Teachers was a, a you know later sort of turn of the century, early noughties uh, indie soundtrack. Lots of feeder and, and things like that. But it was um, yeah for me the best sitcom soundtrack since the one. Then. The In one, fact, better. The one odd thing with the sit side of it for me. So I've watched the first series because that's what's on Netflix, and the the closing. The sort of Blackadder moment that they've put at the end of the last episode of the first series, where it's a school talent show and all is doing a step talent, and it's predictably awful, but then it's a great moment where they all get together, and that's all lovely. But then they juxtapose it with a, a terrorist atrocity, uh, which is used as the sort of the basis for Gary and Joe, um, the the dad and the granddad. Sort of that's such a great interaction connected. all the way through it as well. I know, I do, I do love Jerry and Joe. That is that is my favourite family bit by a long way. Yeah, is Jerry that, is, and Joe. that is fantastic. But but then this weird moment where they show them connecting over a terrorist atrocity, and it's just it, for me, it's a little bit like it's really interesting moment, but it's just so much not um, 
uh, tonally different to what the the rest of the show is. So that 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 for me was the only bit of the sit that maybe made me go, oh, and that could only happen in that situation. Um, but I just thought it was a really interesting thing to end a series on is to throw in a quick terrorist atrocity. Yeah. <laughs> what did you guys think of the acting? My favourite bit of acting in it is the face that Michelle pulls when she accidentally sets fire to the flat above the chicken. <laughs> <laughs> There's a great bit of comedy face acting in that that I really liked. Uh, well, I, I, I assume you've not raised this <laughs> from the point of view of not having noticed anything, Mike, so... Yeah, no, I just, I just, I found the sort of central character a little bit overacted, personally. Yeah, um, yeah I can see what I you found mean, especially, especially. Um, yeah, no, that's, I think that's the one thing I found that's kind of been taking me out of it a little bit. Um, I think I can, I, I think I'm going to be able to tolerate it to sort of like, you know, keep watching it because I do find it very, very funny. Um, but yeah, I, I, that is the one thing that kind of grates as we kind of go. Mm-hmm. Do you do you think that was the actor's acting, or do you think that's a character trick? Because I just I just, I definitely yeah. noticed the thing what you the, the, what you've just described, but I had attributed it to was her being an incredibly dramatic fifteen-year-old <laughs> yeah. girl because that's kind of her character is everything she does. That's she's true. like, oh, I can't believe you wouldn't let me be the editor yeah. of the school paper. Yeah, who who is your favourite Derry girl? I like uh, is Michelle the the one with the cousin? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's my favourite. She's she's fantastic. Yeah, I think I'd agree. Or the or the cousin actually, if we can count him as a Derry girl. James, <laughs> everyone <laughs> else does. Yeah, <laughs> I at the start, for like the first couple of episodes, uh, it was definitely Michelle was my favourite. But I think since then, and I, th- I now think Orla's my favourite. The 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 lead girl's right. cousin. Yeah. The weird one, the, yeah, the Neil. Oh, yeah, she's she is she is really funny. Her reading that diary really yeah, tickled me. That's such a great. Album. I I think she becomes increasingly good as well because I think she she goes beyond just being seeming a bit slow to yeah. genuinely being bonkers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like one of my favourite lines from the first episode is. Uh, uh, when the guy asks for a for a lighter, and all uh, all is like, "Oh, I've got one. I don't smoke. I just like melting things." Yeah. No, I the, between, between those two uh, for me, and then and then I definitely prefer those two to the other two central characters, Erin and Claire. Uh, and yeah. you think? They, but they're the more extreme characters. I, I must say, Claire is the one I could probably do without. Um, and I think again, it's this idea of why is she hanging around. I think they struggle to fit her in because whenever they're going to do something madcap, her approach is to go, "Oh no, I don't want to do that. I yeah. want to join in." And then you go, oh, "How do we actually get you back into the episode then? Because you don't want to do the naughty thing that everyone else is going to do." I think as you get into season two, I feel like her character does develop more as well. Um, because she has some big gets, moments at the end of series one, doesn't she? Yeah, she 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 becomes kind of the social conscience of the of the group, uh, a bit a bit of an activist, um, right? And when uh, yeah, so she's not quite the goody two shoes, and that kind of the goody two shoes character almost shifts slightly more onto uh, the irritating. Uh, is it Jenny? Oh, the, the head prefect. The girl. head prefect girl. Oh God, she's effectively annoying, isn't she? There's a there's a moment at the end of the end of F- yeah, season two. Yeah, she really is. 
the brilliantly annoying though the end of season two um when bill clinton visits uh, derry they all they all want to skip school and the the, the nun won't close the school so they all decide to, to skip school to go and see bill clinton except Jenny. Jenny's the only girl who turns up to school and the nun just has a go at her for being such a square because you didn't expect anyone to, to actually... That, that is another dynamic. I do enjoy the dynamic between uh, between Sister Michael and the head prefect girl. Yeah. I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Uh, just the fact yeah, that, that, good. that she's actually relatively strict, Sister Michael, except if it's going to annoy... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to annoy her. Yeah. She goes, no, I'll, I'll permit the, uh, the controversial new school newspaper to go ahead because it's going to annoy her <laughs> yeah yeah no some some really i think i think the, the real strength of the whole show is is the detail that's gone into developing each of the characters yeah yeah uh, and that that character development was all they were almost ready formed at the beginning unlike for example always sunny perhaps where they the characters you had to stick with them a little bit to see them develop mm. straight from the off you, you knew most of what you need to know about these guys yeah definitely and I'd like to I'm keen to watch more because I want to see more about their families because obviously I found the the dad and the granddad of <laughs> the, of, is Erin the, Erin's the lead that's yeah, a very yeah. funny relationship um, yeah yeah Joe, Joe and Jerry uh, are another very good dynamic uh, as well as yeah Sister Michael and the, the head girl and then, and then I think everything Aldra and Michelle into is absolutely fantastic. There's virtually no Deadwood, really. No. Even, even like the so Erin's um, mum is, is is not a particularly uh, complex character in there. But there's a again, I think it's, again it's in the season two episode with the with the school exchange. Um, there's this absurd plot running through about how Michelle's mum has lent her uh, her big bowl. And Michelle Michelle comes around and says, oh, my mum says, don't worry, she doesn't need it back. And she can't get over this idea that somebody wouldn't want their big bowl back. It's like, well, has she got a better big bowl now? Has she done, have done something to upset her? And this runs through the... It's just this brilliant, m- mundane absurdity. Yeah, I think that, that I can... Does it... Does, is there a... Is there a... Is there a kind of heartwarming element to it that comes in later? Or do they try and play make emotional plays as well as the, 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 the comedy? Uh, what, well, I mean, the troubles um, weaves through, and it has it has it has occasional dark moments, uh, and then and I think yeah, there's a, there are genuinely touching moments when they when they learn that the IRA's called its first ceasefire, the one in the ninety four ceasefire, you know, and as I suppose as the zeitgeistiness of it we're talking about before with the music for me, being of of the age where I was, you know, ten eleven. Uh, in the mid '90s, all of these news events were in my memory, but didn't necessarily know an awful lot about. Yeah, uh, and now now you're seeing people at the heart of it living out. There's definitely a thing that you sort of go, "Bloody hell, this is only the '90s." Yeah, and the reality mm. of it is, there's so much. And this country, every day impact on on life because i i sort of so oh yeah i'm aware that there were bombings and the big stuff but it's all the stuff about oh well if we want to go over the bridge we're going to, have to go through the military checkpoint and that's going to be a big hassle yeah or uh what do we do with this provo that's mm. coming with us south of the border and this sort of thing um and that yeah i thought that was really brought home just what the daily reality of it was a lot more than 
sort of memories of the news from the time mm. that I still had. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. There's there's uh, a good conversation in one of the episodes uh, about the absurdity of why Jerry Adams' voice isn't broadcast, <laughs> and that's just, that's something I've got this memory of. Before the first yeah. ceasefire, it was illegal for the BBC or any broadcaster to to play Jerry Adams' voice, so he was always voiced by an actor with him yeah. speaking on screen on the news. Always I remember that from being a kid. And he was shown in silhouette, wasn't he? Which is amazing when you yeah. think about it now. And it was it was some it was some Thatcher law that she brought it in the eighties that was supposed to limit his ability to win support. Oh, that went but, really well for it, didn't it? Well, of course it did, because they literally <laughs> just got an Irishman to to, um, to 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 read his words over video footage of him saying those words. Um, That's and they're, so yeah, they're, funny. And they're, they're laughing about that and, and questioning why why is he's, he's, not, um, he's not allowed to be heard, and they've completely misunderstood it and... I think they debate whether it's because he's got a really seductive voice or something. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, they shouldn't have done it with with just some other Irish player. They should have got like Joe Pesci or Joe Pasquale. Well, that's Joe Pasquale the, this is a joke you're stealing from the day to day. There, they do is that. It? Yeah. Do they? Oh no, no. In the day to day, they do a joke where um, the law is that Irish Republicans can only be heard if they've inhaled helium first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, Derry Girls is available in the UK on all four and Netflix, and it's also available in the US on Netflix. Uh, don't forget, we want to hear what you thought about Derry Girls. Get in touch with us at Twitter at Between Laughs, Instagram at Between Laughs, Facebook.com slash Between The Laughs, or email us at Between The Laughs at gmail.com. Finally, it is time for our new ish feature. I got 99 sitcoms, but this pitch ain't one. Before the show, I allocated Paul and Mike a couple of taglines from an artificially intelligent tagline generator on the internet. Uh, They will pitch their tagline to me as a fully formed sitcom idea. Uh, I want to know the title. I want to know the characters, maybe the theme music. I want to know where it's going to go. And I don't want this to take uh, 20 minutes, please, Paul. Uh, I'm going to pick the best one. (laughs) Mike, it's your your turn to go first. It's your turn to go first, Mike. Uh, You've got quite quite a simple one this time. A graphic designer is late for work. Yeah. uh, I mean, so obviously graphic designer being late for work is not... It's not the. uh, You might hear it first and think, oh, well, that doesn't sound like it's got a a lot of comedy in it. But... I think there could be a lot of comedy in it. I think the, <laughs> <laughs> he says as he stalls trying to think about some. This to me strike stands out as a kind of uh, a sitcom that could follow that kind of um, what was it? Was it Carpool that um, Peter K did? Uh, uh, he, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Car share, car share. Car- Peter- yeah, something. Yeah, it was it Peter was- K, and he was in a car with someone. That's um, right. Yeah, and I think that you know. I would kind of in I would sort of mix a bit of that with a bit of the office and a bit of Silicon Valley. So the the, the I think the, the the graphic designer is very self-important, very full of themselves. They work at uh, like let's say a big tech company. Let's let's say that we've got a a, a spoof of uh, Facebook in there that we're going to call I don't know Bookface. Bookface, that's the one. Uh, something that really you know friend face is what they call it in the IT crowd so something like that um, 
and they are late for work, but it's going to be shot in a very um, mockumentary style, and the comedy is going to be coming from them calling people up, trying to do their work while they're stuck in San Francisco traffic. So there's, it's going to be quite <laughs> close comedy. They're going to be calling people up, and some of the conversations are going to be, you know, them trying to describe how to draw something that they want them to draw. So they, you know, first episode they're trying to, he's trying to organise a new logo while he's stuck in his car um, or she I've not decided who's going to play them yet but um, they're trying to design it through from their car so they you know d- draw a line now draw another line uh, send me a picture of what you got <laughs> and you know that sort of thing um, so it needs to be someone who can um, talk a lot uh, awkwardly I think maybe someone like maybe someone like Kamel Nanjiani who was obviously already in Silicon Valley um Maybe him. I, maybe someone with a bit more, uh, a bit more, who who could do, play that kind of uh, swaggering tech entrepreneur type that's you know very very filled with their own self importance. So maybe like uh, maybe a maybe like a Michelle Wolf or a, um, or a, um, like a Nick Kroll or something that could, has got quite a quite a harsh voice Ooh. that they can be yelling down the phone <laughs> about uh, about drawings and meetings and and stuff like that. So I'm thinking quite short episodes because uh, you are we are just going to be stuck in a car with them for the whole time. Um, yeah, that's that's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be like. And I think uh, to give it a to give it a name. Uh, Peter Kay's Car Share USA, probably. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the same with driving on the other side of the road. <laughs> did exactly, did Seinf- exactly. Jerry Seinfeld do something like that as well? Comedians in a car getting coffee. Um, he did. I mean, yeah, it's true. Neither of them. Stuck in neither of them were graphic designers running late, having to having to describe their <laughs> creations down the phone. I am I right in thinking you didn't do much in the way of prior thought about that? <laughs> No, but I didn't last week and I won, so I thought, last episode, so I thought, why why ruin a winning formula? And then I sort of looked at it when we, when we start, when you just said it, and I was like, oh God, that's, that's not, not a lot, lot to work with that. You've done, you've, done, you've, you've pulled an interesting premise out. I'd be, I can see that as working perhaps as a, first of all, as a series of kind of YouTube shorts. Uh, and maybe, yeah. maybe if that's successful, we could give it a we could give it a, a full run on NBC. But uh, millennials are going to love it. That's all. Unfortunately, there's only one slot uh, available for the pilot here, so I want to hear what Paul's got to to say about his tagline. It's um, bloody ludicrous. His his tagline. Uh, maybe a little bit more to work with, but perhaps that's not a positive here. A scuba diver and four sexy captains stop a burglary <laughs> in a Mexican border town. Yes, right. This is much easier to work with than man is late for work. <laughs> so, sexy captain, sex sells, but I do not want to go down the route of sticking some girls in swimsuits or whatever. So I'm going to go for a different kind of sexy. I was, Initially, my inspiration was to think, ooh, sexy captains. It could be Shatner. Patrick Stewart, <laughs> all the all the captains, 
<laughs> right. <laughs> then I thought, mm, Shatner's expensive. Captain Mannering. And not that sexy. Yes, <laughs> exactly. They are all captains. Captain Blackadder. They are all captains and, you know, to some extent aren't Captain all captains Birdseye. to an extent sexy. Uh, there is a sexiness about the hat, about the exactly, the ranking, exactly. So, then, but then that got me to thinking: okay, older male authority figure types are going to be the four sexy captains. So, I'm thinking Ian McKellen, Peter Capaldi, maybe Tiger Waititi, uh, and, and, <laughs> and the fourth, as yet unattached, sexy older male in a suit. Um, and then the scuba diver is going to be kind of the main star, uh, and they're going to be the the real sort of it's a bit like a reverse Charlie's Angels um, so the scuba diver I think for the for the lengthy lengthy underwater scenes that this comedy is going to run with <laughs> sounds expensive need, yeah it needs to be someone who who can convey comedy with their face even if that face is wearing a mask and uh, a snorkel <laughs> so I thought I know who would be good for this I thought friend of the show Rasheen Connerty oh very good yeah yeah. I thought she's got you know game face and some oh, great face work going on in that so I thought yes she can be the scuba diver um, supported by the four sexy captains um I thought we would film it on location. <laughs> the captains get on well with each other. They, they do, except the fourth captains. one is going to be a much younger sexy captain, uh, and all the rest are going to sort of treat him a little bit disparagingly because he he lacks their authority. I thought maybe sort of Steve Coogan um, would do that. <laughs> uh, could be the fourth one. Um, then the baddie, I kind of I wanted someone. So a lot, there's a lot of good actors in the captains. I think they're going to be, un- be able to underplay a lot of the comedy. I think we might be able to get away with not making this that funny. Um, but I thought, again, someone with acting chops to play the the lead bank robber, the burglar. So I thought John Luguiziamo could do that. Um, and I thought maybe, you know, he's worked in stand-up before and he's got the acting skills. So I think John Luguiziamo, uh, and they could make lots of jokes where they, where Rasheen Connerty confuses the term master burglar with masturbator. <laughs> Um, yeah, that sounds that sounds very much in a wheelhouse. Yeah, I thought she would do that well. Um, and I think by the end of the first series, we assume we're going to be a massive cult hit. We don't need to really resolve the plot. So the burglary isn't yet resolved. Then we probably get cancelled. Um, and, you know, people can then spend the rest of time wondering, oh, how were they going to stop the burglary? And that would be a big sort of fan community thing. Maybe we get relaunched on a streaming thing if uh, if we don't get picked up for Series 2. And the title? Uh, untitled Reverse Charlie's Angels Pilot. OK, so both of you have got untitled... <laughs> no, that's why it's going to be called. Oh, I see, OK. Um, so, oh, this is... Uh, I feel like I'm working with less than last week. Um, last month, you told me to talk less. The, no, it's true. <laughs> quantity maybe did exceed quality. Um, so, I, I I like the. I feel like yours is maybe a more traditional comedy. Although you're saying it's going to be it's the, the downplayed the comedy itself, and but they're um, not going to ham it up. Capaldi's not going to ham it no, up. No, but um, and you, and you think. What worries me about this? You're, you're selling it to me as the as the executive here, and you're you're you're, you're making clear that you don't expect anybody to want to watch it. Uh, but and the, no, they, they will. They'll want to watch it, but it'll not be enough absolute, that I will want to give you a second opus. season. It'll be an absolute opus, but it will be so uh, challenging that uh, they won't deserve a second series. The, the audience don't deserve it. They'll have to earn it. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm. I'm in. I'm looking out, <laughs> looking for hits here. Mike's one. Mike's one, however, was described. I. I. I'm not sure it fits. Uh, it, again, it's a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit more experimental. Could probably be. You could, we could probably do a nice kind of um, social marketing campaign for it. Uh, release some shorts oh, yeah. on YouTube first. Um, it's a. T- this, this is a much tougher decision than the previous one. <laughs> But I, but I think it's much touch of pitch in the yeah. <laughs> but I think I am going to give give Mike the the point again. So Mike is now two two yes. nil up for the series. So right. hopefully next month, Paul, you can uh, you can claw claw a goal back. Will I get a less ludicrous <laughs> title next <laughs> next month? Find out next month. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, and on that note, thank you very much for listening to uh, Between the Laughs. We've really enjoyed watching. I think. Uh, Derry Girls this week. We will be back in a month where we will be reviewing uh, Ricky Gervais's fairly new uh, sitcom, Afterlife, which is on uh, on Netflix. So if you want to watch that in advance of the show, you can let us know what we think about it, what you think about it. Uh, in the meantime, it's goodbye from me and Paul and Mike. Bye. 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 Bye.